0: Welcome everybody. You are in the bottle shop. My name is Steven. My name is Han, and I am all hopped up on Mountain Dew and we have a very special episode for you today. Han, flashback. Few months ago, Lindemann's Creek. Mhm. Remember that shit? I do. We said at the end of the episode that we want to try the real deal, right? The Ode Guiza Creek. Well, here we are, sir. Oh. The day hath arrived because today we are looking at Boone Breweries Creek Lambic, otherwise known as the Mariage Parfait. Hmm. Mm. forgive my pronunciation. Public school. It's true, man. And this uh, this
1: marks the, I guess, the only European beer we have this season, right?
0: The only import. Hmm. The only one that is. Not native to you or I. You know what? I'm excited about it. Yeah, going to be a weird one. And specifically, folks, this is the 2015 variety. We're going to get into that a little bit more in a bit. But Han, please, don't crack your beer. Pop your beer. Uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. All right, man. Boone Brewery, 2015, Creek, Mariage Parfait. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Yeah. And just think, we could have let this bottle sit until 2037. Mm. Should have bought another one so that we could do another episode in 2037, compare... <laughs> We'll have to be on the lookout, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Shall we get down to business? Let's do it. It's time for Quick Hit. This is a Creek Lambic. It is from 2015. It's the only time we're ever going to get it. This is 8% ABV, and I paid $9 for 12.7 fluid ounces. Mm. That is $12.07 for about... 355 milliliters. That's for my mm-hmm. maple syrup folks out there. Mm. Merci beaucoup. De nada. Han, please hit us with some quick history, my friend. Yes, sir. Otherwise so- known as Crick History. Mm. <laughs>
1: wow. I got to say, that was unexpected. So <laughs> it sums <laughs> up for that one. God damn it. Brewery, established 1978, located in Lambic, Belgium, which is uh, south of Brussels, and sold uh, internationally. Couldn't give you the full list of the countries that it's available, but it's uh, it's all around the world, man.
0: Yeah, all 52 countries of the world. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Boone Brewery, Creek, Lambic, 2015 marketing and packaging. Han, when you look at this bottle, what do you think, man? Do you like it? Um, it's very European for better or for worse.
1: I think the bottle itself is nice, you know, but, uh, the stickers and the signage that's on it. Eh,
0: I mean, I could take it or leave it. What about you? Yeah. The font's weird, isn't it? Uh, it looks, um, I don't know. It's, it's got that boomer playing around on windows 95 creating a poster for your birthday look yeah yeah big uh, ms paint vibes on this one <laughs> okay and if you want to see exactly how this bottle looks and you want to see how this liquid looks in the glass please go over to our instagram we are at the bottle shop podcast And when you pour this Boone Creek Lambic into the glass, you are going to get a beautiful, kind of hazy, little translucent, purple, red, maroon. I don't know, man. It's beautiful. What do you think? Yeah, it's a very nice looking beer. Um,
1: And to be expected, though, the European beers we had last season, a lot of them were really striking, really nice. So... This is just following uh, the tradition, I guess. Mm-hmm. hmm
0: And before we get into smell and taste, I just want to give the listeners out there a quick refresher on what a Crick is. A creek, Crick, Lambic, is a wild beer that has a Lambic base... It has been re-fermented on fresh Morello cherries. Historically, they used a different variety of cherry, but they're getting harder to find now, so Morello is the go-to. Let's recap. They ferment their Lambic, so it's wild yeast, the error. No yeast at all. Once it's fermented, they will then put it on a base of a shitload of cherries in a fetter, a big wooden barrel, and re-ferment it until it's ready for the bottle. Then when it goes in the bottle, it is conditioned for however long it takes for you to drink it. Seriously, y'all, it could be decades before you drink mm. this beer. hmm And on that note, Han, bury your nose in this and tell me what you smell. So for me, I think there's, there's some stages to this. If you
1: smell it, um, like the preliminary smell, it's going to be almost typical, you know? It's going to be a little... F- Fruity, a little tart, uh, but when you really get into it, that's when you can smell the funk, the wood that's in there. You get the alcohol, um, so it's a mixture of of those aromas, plus a really nice, not overwhelming sweetness, um, and a really nice tart quality to it. Um, overall, it's kind of like a really well-made fruited sour that's also a little woody and musty in a, in a good way. What about you, man?
0: Yeah, so I'm with you on the stages thing. You're going to get that blast up front. You're going to get it when you drink half of it, and then you're going to get it right at the very end as it warms up. They're all going to be different, and you're going to get different notes. Put it in a different glass, you're going to get a different note. Now, this is not nearly as nuanced as, say, Vat 108. But let me give it a shot. I'm with you on the funk and the fruit way up front. That initial blast is like sour, funky, volatile fruit. Hmm. And then it gives way to the wood. And it's a sour, stanky wood. And I don't know if maybe the cherry pits are playing a part in that. Um, Beyond that, you'll get that that sweetness, and then you're going to get all the esters at the end. So you're going to get that barnyard, what is left of that funky grain, that unmalted wheat. I don't know, man. You can keep going and going and going, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. When you taste this Boone Brewery Creek Marriage Parfait 2015, for me... Having had a catalog of bracingly sour ales thus far, it is no longer as sour as I remember it to be. It's actually pleasant. It's kind of like biting into a tart cherry. It's really nice. Um, Surprisingly clean for as rambunctious and wild as it smells. Uh, Lots of fruit, plenty of that barrel note, and then you're going to get all the funk And you can spend days with a laundry list of shit talking about that. But it's fun. You can sink your teeth into it. Han, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on
1: on pretty much everything. It's um, Again, it's not overwhelming in any one regards. I'd say it's pretty nicely balanced between uh, tart, sour, bitter, um, and sweet. Um, Again, you get a really nice... Uh, natural cherry flavor so it's gonna be pretty similar to eating some really nice fresh cherries right you kind of get the sweet get a little bit of the tart and then at the end you get that bitter sort of earthy sensation um, and that's kind of mixing in with obviously the wood and the funk characteristics there um, definitely the aftertaste for me is the the bitterness the the earthy funkiness Um, And then up front, you're going to get more of the fruit qualities. But overall, uh, a really pleasant and balanced beverage um, and doesn't really drink like an 8% beer to me.
0: I agree. And especially an 8% wild beer, they tend to be very high in ethanol, at least a perceived ethanol. I'm not getting that in this beer, maybe because I've had some Mm pregame, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, this is like um
1: it kind of reminds me of like a more mature, a classier version of, you know, what you what you traditionally think of like a fruited beer to be. This is just that but elevated, you know?
0: Everything yeah. done at a higher level. Yeah. And shout out to the last time I had this beer, I had the 2013 variety. I took really good notes on it. A lot of similarities but a lot of differences particularly in the nuance The seasons do matter. This one is giving me a lot more of the earthy, spicy pepper, black pepper, I should say. Um, The last one, I was not getting a whole lot of that. It was a lot more wood heavy and the cherries were not as pronounced. So it really does make a difference. I I honestly, it's the first time I've had the 2015. I really thought that maybe that's bullshit. It's probably the same every time. It is not. It is not the same every time. Hmm. Hmm. Let's move on, shall we? Han, does this bear any resemblance to the Lindemann's Creek for you? Only the barest hint, because, again, this one
1: just f- drinks so much more naturally, so much more balanced, nuanced. You're not going to get overwhelmed by any particular flavor. So, it's, uh, the Lindemann's is a pale imitation to this one, I would say. What about you? I completely
0: agree. I would consider this a real creek and the Lindemans to be a baby creek. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fisher Price, <laughs> my first creek.
1: You know, it's like the kids have the chicken nuggets and the adults have the uh, the roasted chicken, you know? That's right. That sort of thing. That's right.
0: And follow-up question, on a scale of wildness, where would you rank this beer? with one being Coor's Light and 10. I don't know. You quantify 10. I don't want to give it away. Hmm. 10 for me would be like the Vat that we
1: had, the the Guiza. That's like a 10 for me. This one is kind of like a, maybe like a six or a seven. Mm. Uh, it's getting there. But I, I think that there's enough of the cherry flavor to counteract it. So you're kind of getting... A little bit of a mishmash there um so it's it's not completely wild and out of control
0: how would you rate it i'm right there i'm at a 6.5 7 mm-hmm. the thing with the cherries you're spot on i think without the cherries this would be a little bit wilder but the cherries go a long way to balance it man i mean seriously it tames some of that uh rowdiness mm-hmm. but but i'm also curious to know like if someone who was
1: unfamiliar with like lambics or these types of beers, wild beers, if they were to try it,
0: if to them it would taste really wild and funky i'm I'm confident that it would. I remember the first time I tried this beer and it was in the baby stages of my sour awakening mm-hmm. um I found this to be very, very sour. That was the first thing that you know the warhead sensation that was mm, the first right, thing. Right. Uh, And then after that, it was like an overwhelming sense of what the fuck is in my sinuses.
1: Question for you. So obviously the Europeans, the OGs, they have their ways. They're doing it the quote unquote right way, the traditional way. Would you like to see North American breweries adapt or adopt the quote unquote right ways to make these types of beers or are you okay with saying like if you want the original the authentic experience get a European beer get it in import and if you want to try something different or maybe slightly experimental then try a North American one
0: Yeah, you nailed it with that last part there. So if you want the original, there's no substitute for the original. You're going to have to go to the people that did it first. But I'm not saying that you should always have to do that. There are people that are doing it here in the United States and are doing a pretty damn good job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw out Deschutes Brewing makes the dissident. It is very extreme. It is this turned up to 15, as is traditional in North America. Mm -hmm. But they are doing it. Uh, Jester King out of Austin, Texas is doing great wild ales and they're doing all sorts of weird things to them. Like they're doing half wild, half cultured, and they're barrel aging them. And they're I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that um, North America is actually doing some of that. Some folks out there are making an effort to strike a good balance with the traditional way versus the new way. So, unlike the Goza, where North America pretty much has nothing even <laughs> close, yeah, I would say we're getting the wild ales right. Would mm. I like more people to do them? Yes, I would. Mm. But we've got some, and they're not that hard to track down. It's fair, man. I'm with you on that, too. I would like
1: to see more, especially for myself, because I don't... I don't really see too many Canadian breweries doing it, if at all. Um, If I go to the store, it's mostly if I want a Lambic, I have to get a European one. Can't get a a
0: domestic one. All right. 2015. Boone Brewery. Creek Lambic Marriage Parfait. God, that's a mouthful. The burning question, we ask it on every episode... From here until the end of time, forever and ever, amen. Han, at $12 for what's essentially 355 mil, is this a value for you? Yes. Really well made. Belongs on the list of special beers.
1: This is one of those like, um, you bust it out on special occasions, you're feeling fancy. And I... And I think it, that fits the bill. You know, it's not a crushing beer, so you're not going to be buying multiples of these just to drink in one sitting. You drink it when you want to feel sophisticated. So
0: that's a yes for me. What about you? I completely agree. At nine dollars, this is a fucking value any way you look at it. It's eight percent. It's very well made. It's insanely nuanced, and it it just makes your pinky want to fly out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. And on that note, Creek Lambic, Mm. Boone Brewery, 2015. Cheers, man. Cheers.